The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Hey everyone, welcome to the show today. Special shout out to my good friend Yoshiko Dart, who is a just wonderful international disability rights leader. And a thank you to our sponsors, Highmark Blue Cross Blue Shield and Covestro. I must tell you, I am so excited about this show today for many reasons, but if you are, as I am, a Pittsburgher, you're going to know what an extremely big deal it is to have a Pittsburgh Steeler on this show. This is like having the president on the show. I mean, this is such a big deal. I always say one of the Steelers could run for governor and they would win because this city is just all black and gold. He played in two Serpil Bowls, was elected to the Pro Bowl in 1984. But being a real champion to me, he has also become an advocate for those living with prostate cancer or to prevent prostate cancer. He is the founder of the Obadiah Cole Foundation. Robin Cole, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Joyce. I really appreciate that. Oh, it is just... And Joyce, I don't know if we could... Now, we have to remember now, we already... We did have a Pittsburgh Steeler to run for governor, and he didn't quite make it. Oh! And then you Uh had had one run for county commissioner in Washington County. He didn't quite make it either, so... Uh, Oh, okay, well, you know what? (laughs) I don't know. The the black and gold people just must not have been... Yeah, black and gold people must have been sleeping that day, voting day. Well, actually, uh, I know there are people across the nation, because as you well know, no matter where you go, whatever state, there's like Steeler country there. I I couldn't believe it when I was in in Arizona, where our studio is located in Tempe, Arizona. I could not believe there was this big bar that's called Steeler country and was packed with people. But, you know, there's that across the country. So... Tell us, what was it like playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Robin? Oh, it was phenomenal. Uh, you're exactly right. Uh, Pittsburgh, uh, some of the Steelers fans, uh, I think we're the most, most uh, they're the most traveled group of fans there are in all of the National Football League. There are quite a few Steelers bars. Uh, uh, there, there, there are a few in Mexico, even. Uh, overseas in Ireland. Uh, some of the European countries that have Steeler bars, and you know, there's quite a few of them here in uh, the United States, and uh, the, the fans just follow us everywhere we go, and it's, it is phenomenal. And that was part of playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers and having those fans that supported us over the years, because uh, it, it, it really, it really makes the difference when you look back and then, and, and then meeting other players that have played for other teams. And they talk about our fans. They, they talk about when they play the Steelers and they play them at home and the Steelers fans are all over the place. And they said, man, we're at our home field. you got Steelers fans, they, they, they just come in and they take over. And that's yeah. kind of the way it is. So it yeah, really makes Yep, yep, that is true. And uh, yeah, I remember years and years ago, oh, my mind is going blank. What was the name of the... Um, Oh, wasn't the Houston Oilers? What was the name of the coach? The manager. Yeah, I remember him saying the road to the Super Bowl goes through Pittsburgh. But well, he was right about that. Yeah. (laughs) And he got stopped on that road a couple of times. Yes, he did. And I'll (laughs) tell you, part of it. Many of them have talked about the fans in Pittsburgh because, oh my God, that that stadium is rocking when it's when it's Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Oh, but, Robin, believe. I'm sure you have a million 
great memories that you always have, but what, what is your greatest memory? Well, my greatest memory, and go back when you asked the first question about playing for the Steelers, it was being a, number one is being associated with some of the players that I was associated with. You know, uh, I had an opportunity to go from where I did uh, a hometown, being in Compton, California. I'm one of those guys straight out of Compton. <laughs> no kidding. Well, there you are. Hey, good, good. Sorry, if you, if you all don't know movies, oh, yeah, that is, movies. I got it. I hope you all got it, too, but go ahead, yeah, straight out of yeah. Compton. But I, I'm one of those guys, and then, then to come from there and uh, being a part of a football teams, but not really winning football teams straight up through college. In fact, I chose a college that wasn't a winning team. With, with plans and hopes and ambitions of being a part of a winning team by the time I was a senior, but that didn't happen. And then to get drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers and to play in two Super Bowls, I had an opportunity to play with some of the greatest football players of all times on the greatest team of all times. It was just phenomenal, uh, the opportunity that I, I received to be able to do what I was able to, to be a part of. And uh, uh, my greatest memories were being, being a part of these guys that are that are Hall of Famers today, we couldn't all get into the Hall of Fame, but uh, the one the ones that have, but we were all teammates. We were all part of it, and it's just it was just just phenomenal too. That was probably one of my greatest memories. But when I think about a football game, it was probably playing in Pasadena Super Bowl fourteen when I had the opportunity to play in front of the home crowd back around the Compton area, which wasn't which wasn't about twenty five miles um, uh, north of uh, Compton, California. Uh, that would probably be my greatest memory. I ended up being the uh, runner-up for the MVP that time. That, that wow. Day. Wow. Well, there you are. You're a champion, but you're also a champion to all my listeners across the country for your work helping people with disabilities. And in this case, that would be prostate cancer. So, Robert, what, what made you become this passionate advocate for victims of prostate cancer? Well, the experience starts with my own family. I had my dad was uh, diagnosed in his early 40s with prostate cancer that metastasized and ended up in his lungs, had part of his lung removed, and by the time he was 49, he was no more. Uh, he passed away at the age of 49, and little did I understand back then about prostate cancer. In fact, I didn't understand anything at all because no one talked about it. Uh, I began to find this information out later on in life as I got older, as my one of my older brothers was diagnosed with prostate cancer back in 1999. Two years later, in 2001, my second brother was diagnosed with prostate cancer. Uh, my youngest brother at the age of 40 was diagnosed with prostate cancer in 2003, and then I was diagnosed with prostate cancer in 2004. And then the rest of my brothers followed. And so wow. uh, it goes all the way back through, up through my family, through up to my grandfather, and uh, he even had brothers that uh, uh, knowingly today had prostate cancer. And, and so it, it started with my family. Uh, that experience made me an advocate for prostate cancer. Uh, early on, I was because of cancer, period. I knew my father passed away because of cancer, and I saw I was supporting uh, cancer prior to that. But uh, when I was diagnosed, and, 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 and what made me become even more passionate than, 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 than I was when I first got started is that then I began to lose brothers. I've lost two of them since then, uh, both to uh, ties of cancer, uh, my last brother in, in December last year. And so the fight goes on, and uh, I, am, I, am, uh, I am very passionate about helping people understand a little bit more about what prostate cancer is and uh, how it affects you and, uh, and, and, and what you can do about it. So you're saying that um, you lost two brothers and a father, is that right? That's correct. Now, did, does this mean it's genetic then? Well, uh, the, uh, we've always said that. And that was no different than breast cancer is being if your mother had breast cancer, your chances are a whole lot higher percent-wise than it would be if, if no one in your family had it. And it's the same thing goes for prostate cancer. Yeah, yeah. And your um, 
brothers. But when I say that, but when I say that, we don't want uh, we don't want people to just think, well, if nobody in my family that I know had prostate cancer, then I'm okay, because it's not. Prostate cancer could be your grandfather could have prostate cancer, you know, and you not knowingly at all that he that he did. Right. It could be. Uh, it could be back. That's the same thing with, as you all know, I live with epilepsy, and it's right. the same thing. It may not be your uh, mother or your uh, grandfather, but it could be your great-grandfather, great-grandmother. So that is exactly true. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, I can see why you are such an advocate and such a champion, and hopefully listeners we're going to be able to educate you today. But right now, we're going to get ready to go to break. If you just joined us, we have Pittsburgh Steeler Robin Cole, who is also the founder and president of the Obadiah Cole Foundation, talking today about prostate cancer. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at Voice America. Don't go away. We'll be right back with Robin Cole. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com Since 1985, Bender Consulting Services has served as a national leader in advancing employment of people with disabilities, including veterans with disabilities, with private sector companies, and federal government agencies. Bender assists customers with achieving their diversity and workforce inclusion initiatives by tapping into a talent pool of individuals seeking professional positions, including those in the STEM fields. In addition, Bender services include disability employment consulting, training and technology accessibility through their high test line of service. For more information, please visit www.benderconsult.com. At Highmark, we believe what makes us different makes us better. Our differences broaden our perspectives and foster diverse skills which complement each other, creating a stronger and more vibrant workforce. It's this belief that earned us recognition by the USBLN and the American Association of People with Disabilities as a 2014 Disability Equality Index Best Place to Work. So we'll continue to celebrate diverse individuals because inclusion benefits us all. To find out more, visit Highmark.com. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. Hey, welcome back everyone. We're talking to Robin Cole today, Pittsburgh Steeler founder and president of the Obadiah Cole Foundation, and today it's an education about prostate cancer. And my question, hearing what you've said, um, what, what caused you to become an advocate with the loss of your father, brothers, and now you living with uh, you finding out you had prostate cancer, my question is, what do you believe people can do? I mean, what can they do to prevent this? Well, the only thing people can do to prevent, and you say prevent it, and it's not like prevention. We haven't got there yet. Even though there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of information out about, uh, what you can do. You're, you can diet, uh, you change your eating habits, uh, take certain, uh, supplements, uh, to help prevent your prostate from having challenges. Uh, I try, I tried all those things, uh, and that's myself, but I had a family history. When you have a strong family history, and little does, does most people know that they may have a family history that goes up to their great-grandfather, um, the, the key is early detection. And what we haven't done for men 
is we haven't we we, we we don't have enough awareness out there. And this is why I'm such an advocate. This is why I'm going to fight the rest of my life to bring about awareness for this disease and educate men about this disease. And if I can educate, really, if I can educate their wives and educate women about it, they they're going to be the the advocates for it more so than men because some men just won't go to the doctor's office or to the hospital unless their their arms falling off. And so yeah. yeah. So go ahead. so go ahead. Uh, what we can do is we may not we may not change the number of men being diagnosed with prostate cancer which is over the number of around 300,000 a year uh in the United States. But what we can do is we can change the number of deaths and that's the key right now. Uh there's one of the things that uh, I am very interested in doing if I can bring the death rate down it's up to 30,000 men a year if we can bring the death rate down to to maybe even half of that uh by getting men checked sooner than later um you know we hear a lot and even even doctors and this is some information that's come down there's mixed there's mixed there's mixed mixed statements that are coming down about this and information that's coming down from associations uh, that is being shared with with some some doctors, not most of the urologists, because urologists know better than this. But we hear that this is an old man's disease, and uh, wait until you're over the age of fifty before you can you you even have a blood test. Well, we're wrong about that because you know that Mr. Tolliver, that we've just uh, we were just at his funeral not too long ago, that he was the age of forty five. In fact, I found out a year ago that um, he had asked, uh, even before he was diagnosed with the disease at the age of 42, he asked his doctor to, to uh, do you think that I should be checked for prostate cancer? And the doctor shared that, that he was too young for that. Well, uh, three years later, uh, we, 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 buried, we buried the man. And, uh, and, 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 it's just, and it's a shame that that happened. I believe that the age of you know that at an early age that we need to be checked. We, we, I really believe that uh, early detection is the key, and so that's what we raise money for. Uh, our mission is early detection, education, and awareness. And uh, we eventually we got to get we have to get more information out there. Uh, you know, you, you, we see a lot of billboards out there about cancer and uh, and about different types of cancer. But nothing about prostate cancer because people think it's an old man's disease. Well, it's not an old man's disease. Uh, there have been men as young as 34 years old with prostate cancer and have passed away because of prostate cancer before the age of 40. So uh, we have we have to get this message out there. And what it's going to take it's going to take being out there, getting with the right people, teaming up with the right people, and making it happen. Yeah, and we really have so much education to get out there because I'm going to tell you that one thing you said is so true. Number one, men do not like to go to the doctors. Number two, they can't envision they'll ever have a problem until they're, you know, 60, 70, 80, whatever. Um, And, you know, it's just people, they just can't envision this. And then, sadly, just a lot of people aren't informed at all about prostate cancer, and that's why I think what you're doing is absolutely so phenomenal. And I know I keep bringing up, Robin, this Obadiah Cole Foundation. Um, What is that? Can you tell our listeners what it is and why you named it that and and the types of things you do? Well, the gentleman that uh, that was with me when we started the foundation, which which also helped helped me uh, help with the foundation getting started, um, they had asked me because after I was diagnosed with prostate cancer, and prior to being diagnosed with prostate cancer, it used to be a a a, 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 a event downtown, a run walk that uh, one of the gentlemen had started prior to me getting involved uh, with 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 prostate cancer. Period. Prior to that, I used to go to all the walks that were at the, for the Susan Coleman and uh, would walk every year simply because my father had cancer. And so I supported it. So I used to, my daughter used to go and walk with me uh, uh, up, at the, um, up at the Susan Coleman ra- walk and race that uh, was held in um, Shinley Park. Mm-hmm. Well, 
then after I was diagnosed, we we decided to. I started started decided to start a foundation here because what was happening is the money that was raised was going outside of the state, and I thought that we needed dollars here in the state to be raised to support prostate cancer after I was diagnosed. And the way we came up with the name Obadiah, my father's name was Obadiah. Oh, good biblical name. Yes. In fact, in fact, all of this, my father was one of 12, 12 sons, and they were all named biblically. My grandfather, we found out that, uh, and, my, and all of my father's brothers passed away because of some form of cancer. And we find out today that it was because of prostate cancer. We knew that his twin brother had prostate cancer because he passed away. Uh, he, he, he passed, and he should have been checked back when they were, they were both 49 years old or even sooner than that. He passed away at the age of 57. Wow. And my really didn't understand the disease at all. He just thought it was a, it was a chance type thing, I think. Uh, he didn't share with his sons what it really was all about, and he didn't really understand it. And uh, that was in 1976 when he passed away. So because, because he didn't understand what it was, I just thought that the message, uh, uh, his spirit would continue uh, on because he didn't know what he had. And most men uh, out there today still don't understand about this disease. Uh, I just thought, and, 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 then, and then my father has eight sons, and all eight of his sons have prostate cancer. Wow. So, so I just thought starting off, it would just be a, 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 a nice name to name it. And our goal was, and our mission is early detection, uh, helping men get screened, uh, educating the men, uh, awareness. And awareness would be any information that we can get out there. We need to get more information. Uh, if you go to your general practitioner, most doctors don't have any information in there about prostate cancer because, I don't, because of whatever they're waiting on. Urologists would have information there, but you just don't see it around. Uh, you don't see billboards up about prostate cancer, and we need. We're working on developing some things, but the first things first, and that's uh, developing dollars to be able to do that. So I'm now looking at. We're partnering up with people. I'm starting to partner up and doing some collaboration with other uh, organizations and associations uh, throughout the uh, United States. But starting off with states close to me. We're looking at a big, uh, doing a big thing uh, later on this year. We talk about that a little bit later in the program, about how we look forward to start raising funds to be able to do the work of informing men and getting men to the doctors sooner. Uh, even guy, even men that are in in, in in areas that don't have insurance that can't afford to even get uh, have PSAs or get tested, we want to get them all tested. Well. For people listening right now, if someone would want to make a contribution to your foundation, how would they do that? They would just go to OB, OB Cole, and that's just O-B-C-O-L-E foundation.org and make a donation. OB foundation.org. Mm-hmm. Okay. You heard that, everyone. You know, I always tell people, you, sometimes you hear things you don't think about it until it hits you or your family. Right. And then all of a sudden it becomes so important. I hope it doesn't take that to happen for some of my listeners to make a contribution um, as they're think, thinking of where they want to donate funds. And it can change so many things. You know, you talked, and I want to talk for a minute, about our friend, uh, Mike Tolliver, yeah. and as you mentioned, actually, for those listening, Robin Cole spoke at his uh, memorial service, and it was very, very touching and very powerful, but I loved Mike Tolliver so much. I'm close friends with Lisa and their two children, Mal- Melina and Teddy. And uh, Mike and I shared this passion for the Pittsburgh Pirates. You know, he was my pirate buddy. We'd call each other talking about the games. But just as uh, Robin said, you know, he was having this pain. He was having a pain in his leg. And And at the same time, he had been running marathons before this. And he went to, when he went to the doctor... They did not 
catch this because, as you said, he was so young. Um, and, and sadly, this was also small cell, which is so aggressive. And, you know, right before my eyes, it just seems like he was here, then he was gone. I mean, it was terrible. So here's a young, a young uh, man that's left behind a wife and a 10-year-old and 6-year-old. And I'm telling this story because I know his family wants to do everything they can to get this news out so that, you know, they can make other families aware. And once more, an illustration of the point that Robin made, so young. You know, he's so young, mid-40s. I mean, so young. And this is why people make this mistake. It just doesn't cross their mind that it could be them. And although there isn't a cure, you know, if you can catch this early, you have a much greater chance of survival than if it's too late. Um, And I know you two knew Mike well, so you know how horrible this was. Oh, yes, very. And by the way, there was more people at that memorial service, the priest said than he's ever seen. I mean, talk about packed. As you, you were there, oh, it yes. was just totally packed. But do you, I guess you believe then there are other people like Mike that did not even, this didn't even cross their mind because they were young, right? They're, they're, right after Mike, I received a couple of telephone calls within that the following week that two more young men that what, did not make it to the age of 47 had passed away because of prostate cancer. Oh, and they were both, and this is the, this is the message that sometimes doesn't get out because uh, the the part of the message is about uh, about who who who's you know what ethnicity of the the person is um, getting prostate cancer. It's everybody. It's white males. It's black males. It's, 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 it's uh, Hispanic males. It's just, everybody can end up with prostate cancer or anybody at 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 what age. Young, uh, middle age, uh, and it's on and on and on. And that's why it's so critical that we get the message out uh, now. I mean, I've been around over the last, over the last couple of months, I, just close to me, there's been over five, five males that have passed because of prostate cancer. And it's oh, my goodness. Been more than that being diagnosed. And I'm someone, I said, wow, this thing's become an epidemic around here. It's time for me to spend full, my, my time on a full-time basis out here getting this message out, raising funds for it. And so I'm trying to make connections with the, the – and plan to make connections with the governor. Uh, he was just diagnosed after that. Yeah, right. With, yeah, yeah, Governor Wolf. Making yeah. contact in roads to him and in roads to, and to some of our NFL player association people, uh, former NFL players. And uh, I am trying to begin to coordinate – uh, a collaboration between them all that we can work together because that's what has to happen. We're working on this year, we're working on a, a campaign that we can kick off this September, which September is Prostate Cancer Awareness Month. And normally we had our, our walks on Father's Day, but we're moving that walk to Prostate Cancer Awareness Month because we think we can take advantage of some of the national publicity, which is not that much, but the little bit that's out there we're going to take advantage of and have our, our run then. But also that month uh, in the state of Georgia, and also here we're trying to do it in the state of Pennsylvania, we're going to run a Blue Pale campaign. And that Blue Pale campaign is similar to what we've known people to do, to stand on corners with uh, different uh, firemen would stand on the corner with a boot. Uh, we're going to be on the corner with Blue Pales, and we're going to try to involve as many uh, our firemen, churches, church members, Anybody that wants to get involved to, to be out there uh, uh, in different cities across the state of Pennsylvania to raise money for prostate cancer, to be able to bring this awareness to people right now. And uh, after heart disease, uh, prostate cancer is the number two uh, disease of deaths for, for, for males, and, uh, and, and most guys don't know anything about it. I've, I've, I was speaking to a group of guys just the other day. There were Nine guys at this table that was next to me, and I knew one of them, and I started talking about prostate cancer, and, and they were between the ages of 
33 and 40, and not a one of them understood what I was talking about. It, it just blows my mind because we haven't been taught. So we're going to also try to involve um, uh, some of the high school football programs and teams to, to be a part of this, and by that we're teaching them right now a little bit about what prostate cancer is. And uh, this is going to be a huge campaign. We, I look forward to spearheading, and I'm very excited about where this can go. But this is what it's going to have to take. Well, you know what? Uh, before we go to break, I just want to talk about this a little bit more. Why do you think this is? Why is this that you think, of all people, men, you know, it's bad enough if women would not know. But that would be like women not knowing about breast cancer. Right. Are you thinking it's just because of the lack of education and, and yeah. having this discussed nationally the way it is with breast cancer? I mean, why do yes. you think people don't know about this? Yes, yes, it is. And I can remember back when, we were in, when I was in middle school and, we, and it was just a short, it wasn't a, it wasn't a major, but human sexuality. I can remember when they would take the, the girls... In a, and take them away, and we, they would send us out, and we'd go kick the ball around, play football. We'd do something else in the physical education class because the, the, it was, um, they were teaching the girls about human sexuality and teaching them how to examine themselves, and they were being taught early. Most girls, when they get to high school, they know of how to examine their breasts uh, uh, for breast cancer or, or any of those check for lumps and things like Men... We're not. We, we go right through school. We go right through college. We got, and then you vaguely you hear something because uh, a grandfather or maybe a father got something, and it's not everybody's family, but, but maybe in the neighborhood. It's, oh, well, you had prostate cancer. Well, what is that? Nobody. And then nobody, nobody talks about it. And so now here we are, men at the age of 50, turn 50 years old because everybody's pushed them to the age of 50, said, oh, we haven't had much of it uh, sooner than that. So maybe around 50 is when the time we start doing PSAs. So most men are on the downswing. Some of them are, are retired and about to retire before they even understand what their prostate is even used for, okay? And so it's, they're not being educated on it. And because they're not being educated, it's not serious to them. Uh, they don't know about the seriousness of it. And this is what we have to teach. And it takes dollars to be able to do it. It takes money, it takes money to do everything. So, uh, you know, this is why this is so important that we have to do a campaign where we go grassroots and we take it to the people. And because a lot, of, even with corporations, they don't, they don't, they, their interest is not as high as a lot of these other uh, other programs that are out there or other other needs that are out there. Uh, that they're raising money for simply because it's not talked about enough. Yeah. Yeah, that is sad. And again, for our listeners, tell them what is a PSA and what are some of the signs of prostate cancer? Well, PSA is a very simple blood test. That's all it is. It's uh, prostate and it's an antigen test, which is, is, is just a blood a test that you would... Normally, when you when you go to the doctor's office and get a, a physical, what you would do is um, you you would they would take some blood for for your to check your cholesterol, take your all those different tests, and all you have to do is ask the doctor to run a PSA test along with the other tests that they're having, and it's just that's how simple it is. Uh, the other examination is that doesn't really tell, is not really factual as factual as the blood test. The blood test is the closest thing that we have to where we know that if the PSA is a high number or if it's changed over a couple of years, that you know that maybe something is going on, and then your take your urologist will take it from there for you. Um, but um, your PSA testing is a very simple blood test. That's all it is. That's it. And, and again, the signs, the warning signs? Are your warning signs, normally by the time you get your warning signs, um, for most guys, it's too late. That's the other challenge. This is a very silent killer. Uh, most guys, when they get a warning sign, if they're having problems with urination, they may, they may have problems with um, uh, some, some painting down there in that area. Normally, when that happens, their PSAs are very high. Uh, this is why it's a, the key to this whole thing is that you want to get checked before you have any symptoms, because once you have started having symptoms, you have you have problems, 
it's now that now that when you're having symptoms, most of the times it's outside of the prostate. And when it gets out of side of the prostate, then it grows in other areas of the body. It can go to your lungs, end up in your bones, uh, ends up in your, uh, you can go to your brain. You can have, and then that cancer just, just travels throughout your body. And uh, then it can end up anywhere. Now, so the, key, the key is early detection. Get checked before you have symptoms. Right. And about this early detection, when do you think people should start doing this? When should they start having the I, uh, P- PSA I check? believe it should be uh, with, with, with Mike Tolliver, myself, and my family, and some people that, and a lot of people that I know that had prostate cancer in their late 40s. I think it should start at the age of 40. Your first test should be at the age of 40, I think, for most men, or if not all men. And then if you have zero PSA testing, then may have your next test at, at the age of 45. If it's still zero, then maybe your next test at the age of 50. Uh, normally at the age of 50, you'll do it every year after that because they can track it. But you have to have a starting point. And uh, uh, a lot of times you find out at the age of between 40 and 45, you may have a PSA that's already risen for some individuals. It's different for, it's different for all men. So the key is to be proactive instead of waiting until something happens to you that's very serious. Well, and you know what? I so agree with you about starting at the age of 40. I do. Mike's the best example I can think of. He knew what you told. I really think you should start uh, at the age of 40. And where? Is this just with your family doctor or yes. is this with a urologist? I mean, where do you get this done? No, you, you would start with your family doctor. And tell your family doctor that you want this test. You want this PSA test. You tell them, that I want my first PSA, PSA test, and you, and, and you want it now. At the age of four, you should get your first test. And then if it's zero, great. Then you don't, you don't have to be concerned and worried. Get your next one at the age of 45. Or yeah. even halfway, you know, things can happen even halfway. So uh, I would, you know, go every other year. And, and if I'm doing, if I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, at least having a physical every year. Uh, or for most people, if it's every other year, when you get your physical, start doing your physical from the age of forty straight through, you should at least have a PSA in there. If not every year, every other year. Right. Well, that is good advice, and I have to say, um, wow, you are just awesome. You know that? You are a good man. That's how I would describe you. You are a good man. And you know, Robin, with what you're doing, what is more powerful than saving a life? I I can't think think of anything. anything. Yeah, if if there's anything. Uh, You're exactly right, Joyce. And thank you. I really appreciate that. Oh, I I mean it. I really appreciate the work that you've been out there doing. Well, thank you, but I, I mean it. I'm so serious. And, uh, Robin, what I was going to ask you is, who the heck is your role model? Because someone instilled this in you or later on in your life, but who would you say is your role model and why? Well, I tell you what, Joyce, I could probably choose Adam to be my role model. He was one of the first men that we know and we recall when we go back as far as time was concerned, but it's not him because he, he had some mistakes and he had some challenges that he's gone through, but he did come out on the other side a pretty good deal. But I, thought, thought, I think about David a lot and what he's accomplished over the years, and I'm talking about in the biblical days and, um, and what he accomplished, but he's also he's human like with the rest of us, and he had his challenges, but still have a love for, for both of those guys, and even the, the thought of Abraham even uh, prior to David. But you know what I, I, I think about, and, and a lot of times I think I read a lot of those, these biblical stories, and I think about Samson and what he could do, and I, sometimes I thought about how strong he was and how I could be strong, and then, then he was taken down by some challenges, and, and uh, we all, for some reason or another, we get there. But I tell you what, if I had to choose anybody as far as I was concerned, and this is life, and I chose a long time ago when I was in high school as my role model, and this may not, may, may for, for most people out there, it may not be the, 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 the uh, uh, what would you call that, uh, the, 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 the correct thing to do. But as Politically far as correct. It is the right, yeah. Well, and I, I choose Jesus, and I chose Jesus a long time ago because of the, uh, the way that he was as a man. 
and the way he traveled and took care of himself and, and took care of other people and um, uh, the things that he was able to accomplish. And he came down here for us to accomplish those things. Um, uh, I just, uh, and, and not so much as far as the, 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 the gifts that he had and shared with us, but as a person in the, the meekness and the calmness and the, the sternness and the, 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 everything that he, 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 he was uh, made me uh, not think of uh, uh, um, uh, uh, another man figure to be a hero or be a model to model myself behind. But uh, Jesus was the one that I wanted to model myself behind, even though I was like, I'm like David and, and I'm like Adam and I'm like the rest of them, but I'm, I'm still trying to learn from his example uh, how to be a real human being to other people. Well, I don't think you're, you're off because I have the same role model. And I have to say, I always tell people, if you could just live by love thy neighbor as thyself, wow, wouldn't this be a great world if you just could do that one thing, loving your neighbor as yourself. Because, you know, that was one of the greatest commandments that, that Jesus gave. And I so believe uh, in that. You know, you look at Martin Luther King Jr. and other great ministers and uh, look what they accomplished in their life. So, um, you know, I'm with you on this. But in the meantime, Robin, we've got to go to break. If you just tuned in, wow, what a great show. You've got to tell your friends because this show is downloaded on Voice America and VendorConsult.com. You will be able to go to this show my website and hear this show and that means you'll be able to tell all your friends about this show and spread the news about early detection of prostate cancer right now before we close the show i'm going to one last break this is joyce bender america's voice where disability matters at voiceamerica.com i'll be right back to close the show with Robin Cole. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, Hello? and ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. At Highmark, we believe what makes us different makes us better. Our differences broaden our perspectives and foster diverse skills which complement each other, creating a stronger and more vibrant workforce. It's this belief that earned us recognition by the USBLN and the American Association of People with Disabilities as a 2014 Disability Equality Index Best Place to Work. So we'll continue to celebrate diverse individuals because inclusion benefits us all. To find out more, visit Highmark.com. Since 1985, Bender Consulting Services has served as a national leader in advancing employment of people with disabilities, including veterans with disabilities, with private sector companies, and federal government agencies. Bender assists customers with achieving their diversity and workforce inclusion initiatives by tapping into a talent pool of individuals seeking professional positions, including those in the STEM fields. In addition, Bender services include disability employment consulting, training and technology accessibility through their high-test line of service. For more information, please visit www.vendorconsult.com. 
stimulating talk. It gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. If you have a question or comment, call in toll free at 1 866 472 5788. Now, please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joy Spender. Hey, welcome back, everyone. If you just joined us, we've been talking to Pittsburgh Steeler Robin Cole, also the head of the Obadiah Cole Foundation. Let me say, he played in Super Bowls. He was in the Pro Bowl, but he's a champion in more than one way. And here we have him being a champion, not just playing football, but saving lives with his advocacy for people with prostate cancer or early detection of prostate cancer. Uh, So, Robin, you are a champion to me for more than one reason. Well, thank you, Joyce. Now... I wanted to ask you two last questions. I mean, when I think about everything you've done, all these accomplishments, playing for a team like the Steelers, you know, creating this foundation, just so many things you've done, helping other people. But if you had to list one thing as your greatest accomplishment, what would that be? My greatest accomplishment? Mm-hmm. I think I think it's ahead of me. I really it's do. Ahead I, of you. Yeah, I think my greatest accomplishment is is is, is, is uh, it's in front of us. It hasn't came yet. I think the greatest accomplishment for me, I, I would like it to be, is seeing number one, as we spoke a little earlier, seeing the death rate of prostate cancer victims go down. Uh, and I would like to see the death rate of all cancer survivors go down. Uh, eventually, but especially with prostate cancer, I would like to see that that those numbers go down. Uh, I would I, w- I would really like to see that. I would like to see uh, a, 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 enough awareness out there that it covers all of the United States of America and not just a small portion of it, and us not to feel uncomfortable any and men not to feel uncomfortable with talking about the challenges of prostate cancer or the challenges of any part of your body. It's your human body, and it's just the way it is. And uh, we need to be able to talk about it, and we need to be able to talk to other men or uh, even women about it and uh, some of the challenges of it. Uh, We don't all like it, but uh, that's the type of awareness that we need to bring to the forefront, and we need to bring it to the forefront rather quickly. And, yeah, you know, and what a great, what a great thing that will be. And, and I know you will be part of it. You already are, Robin. You're already making a difference right now. Um, but, I, you know, something you said earlier I was thinking about, they mm-hmm. should talk about this, prostate cancer, to more women and more women's group because just as you said, if you get the wife involved, you know you're going to get that man to the doctor. That's right. So that is, you know, that is really a good idea. And I hope anyone listening to the show will spread this to everyone, not just to men, but to women, because we need everyone involved if we want to get people going and getting that PSA test, finding out ahead early so they can do something about it. Um, well, we are coming to the end of the show, but for... All young people, I wanted to ask you this one other question, so I actually have two more. What, what, if you had to think of something that you would like to pass on to young people, I mean just something in general, not specifically about prostate cancer, uh, what would that be? Uh, for, 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 for young people, golly, and it's a lot of, like you said, it's a lot of things out there that, 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 that causes this, and and, and why it is this way, and um, boy, we've been fighting this, this 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 battle for a long, long, long time. But I do realize this is what what's happened to a, a lot of our youth, and we don't know why ex- exactly it happens. That there's 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 no vision. Uh, for some reason or another, young people they just they don't believe that uh, some of the promises that uh, some of the promises that were that are out there that they can become 
whatever it is that they choose to become. Um, they just don't have the faith uh, in believing that. Uh, and that faith is being able, you know, something that's unseen. And that really believing that it can happen to them. And we have to be able to breathe that kind of hope back into our young people that it can happen to them. And I know there's been a lot of circumstances that, that contradicts that. But they do have to understand that it can happen. Good things can happen to them uh, regardless of who you are, regardless of what you've gone through. And overall, this nation have to have to share in helping those young people believe in that. Uh, yes. It can't just oh, be one-sided. I agree so much. I do. Well, Robin, what before you go, what message do you want to leave with all of our listeners today? Well, we try to get, you know, a lot of times people say, what are we trying to get you to, what, what are you trying to get people to do? And, and uh, all I can do is and say is that we try to get people to wise up and understand what we're talking about and what the words and, and, the, and information that we've been putting before them over the years. Uh, it's real. Uh, it's, it, 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 you know, one out of six men will get prostate cancer, and we have to understand we don't know who and we can't select uh, who would yeah, be all right if we can just, you know, say, well, let's choose a number. But it's not that. The message that I want to get across is almost like running a play, and if I was on a football team, we, would, we run plays. And our play is this, check it and correct it on two. Yeah. Check it and correct it. Wow, that is a good message. Well, Robin, thank you so much for taking time to be with us today and for educating people on what they can do to save lives. I can't thank you enough just for you taking time to do this and for your advocacy helping people. Thank you, Joyce. I really appreciate your work and what you've done, and thank you for giving me the opportunity to to share with you guys today and uh, share with the community. God That's bless you. Oh, my pleasure. And we end every show that we have uh, with a quote, and today that quote is, Good timber does not grow with ease. The stronger the wind, the stronger the trees, said J. Willard Marriott. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Talk to you all next week. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. It's staff and management.